Hey everyone, welcome back to the table. You may notice that we are not uh, in our typical shooting format right now. We are on a Zoom call with a friend named Joel who actually watched our last episode on celebrity and had some really great comments. And uh, what we wanted to do today as a part of our 13th episode is to have him on to further discuss some of his thoughts from that episode. So Alan, how did you meet Joel and how, do you, how does he know about us? <laughs> well, well, Joel and I go way back actually to his birth. Uh, he's... <laughs> And uh, uh, Joel's my, my nephew and also brother in Christ. And we have uh, had lots of great conversations uh, over these last years about faith and ministry and church. And so this is kind of an ongoing conversation for us. And, and uh, Joel uh, and his family, they uh, made the big move from uh, California to St. George, Utah, about what, a year and a half ago. And um, also, uh, Joel has been in, in uh, a worship ministry for a long time and, and has a, a role, uh, a volunteer role at the church and uh, they attend in, in St. George, uh, which is South Mountain uh, Community Church. And so, uh, Joel, we're really glad you could be here. It's really fun to be able to have uh, an ongoing conversation, bring somebody else into it. Normally, it's just he and I uh waxing eloquent with each other but now we we, we get to bring in the the big gun the big so. gun <laughs> don't don't make him stage shot you know this is first time on set um so yeah joel tell us a little bit about what you were thinking and and kind of the question that you're thinking about today sure yeah and thanks for bringing me in the the glitz and glamour of the podcast world is just it's it's a little heavy to bear man i'm i'm overwhelmed at this point well, well this would be an easy way to ease in and our our, our three listeners will make For you sure. feel very welcome <laughs> sounds good yeah i i've uh like a lot of folks in the last uh gosh five plus years you know it's really hard to escape those grim stories of uh pastors and celebrity and huge influencers and platforms um, and the, the falling from grace that we've seen all over the place. So um, I really appreciated the topic and the way you guys approached it on that episode. Um, I think it's, it's great to have us kind of jump into those conversations. There's so many, so many different directions we can take with it. And, uh, and, and kind of something that was on my mind at like in just in the past week or so, I'm sure you guys have seen it as well, that this massive bombshell report from, uh, from the SBC and seeing all the damage that's been done there too with, uh, with folks at very high elevated positions within that organization. There's, there's a lot that's going on. So I think it's good to have these conversations and, and figure out where we stand uh what are we doing and how can we how can we improve so that god is getting the glory and not us uh just trying to achieve our own glory and success in those ways thought it was a great conversation but i i wanted to um to kind of pick your brains a little bit um a lot of times i hear the conversation and it it, it revolves around the the circumstantial elements of what celebrity does, how it's brought about in organizations, and then what it does to the individuals. And I think that's a really good part of it, but I don't think it's, it's, um, it's the only part. So what I wanted to pose to you guys was how the Bible speaks into this power dynamic in scripture, right? So 
um, the weak and the strong, those who elevate themselves and seek out power and influence, and those who are humble and meek, and how God elevates them. And I think there's so many examples within scripture about how God's heart is in, involved in that power dynamic. I think that's one of the elements that we could, we could chat about in this, in this conversation of how celebrity can impact church cultures and uh, how platforming, building and, and seeking out success in kind of worldly terms. Really, how do we justify those two things, the biblical paradigm and then the worldly paradigm? Gotcha. So it sounds like on the first end, you're noticing that part of the conversation that is often explored is what happens and the fallout, not the first part of, well, how did we get there, the desire for, you know, for celebrity and power, and how does the biblical um, text speak to those types of desires? And what's the reality that God, I mean, where's God in that? Is God some saying, yeah, you should, you should get some more power. I want to ex expand my influence through your influence expanding, or is it something actually a lot different? So am I, are we kind of capturing that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Hmm. Wow. Well, what are you, what are your thoughts, man? What well, my thoughts are running all over the place. I, and it's, I mean, there's a big conversation, probably we, we, probably there's 12 podcasts yeah. <laughs> but let's um let, let's let's focus uh maybe maybe on, on this conversation we could focus on on one portion of that and then if um you know you want to come back we could even have a second <laughs> episode um uh, so the, i i think um the the tension that you're um you're highlighting that tension between celebrity versus humility is, is probably a good place to start that, that would, would categorize a whole lot of the, the conversation, right? Because, um, well, I, I, I just been to, to the larger picture, like you, you talk about, I, I've, I've just been reading through Deuteronomy and, you know, um, yesterday I was reading about the, the canceling of debts every seven years that there was kind of, you know, they did a reset every, I mean, just think about what that would mean if all of us were to cancel the debts, of the people that we, you know, the people that owe us or that we owe. I, I Everyone mean, would have a boat. Oh my gosh. What would that, you know, what would that do to, to our society? Um, but, but in that it, it's the idea of not, of nobody being left behind. Right. And, and then, you know, today, uh, in two chapters successively, uh, uh, Moses tells them, you know, when you do these things, you make sure that you include the widow, the orphan, the, the you know, the, the foreigner, the, the, the stranger. The, you know, it, it, there's this incredible intentionality about um, being a, a, a community and a community and, and living out as a community of grace. It never uses that word, but... But to be that kind of gracious people, they would have they would have to be humble, yeah. um, right? Because if 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 you're not if you're not humble, uh, letting someone go, uh, you know, forgiving debts, and then it talks about what do you do with your indentured servant? And it says when you send your indentured servant out, you need to send him out loaded up. I mean, you he says you've had free free work from this guy for seven years. You need to pile on 
you know, resources and make sure that they can go out and really, really um, prosper. It's like, this is also antithetical to the way we do life. We're, we're so me-centered and, and mm. protecting myself, right? right. So that, that kind of undergirds, I think, I mean, we're talking Deuteronomy, so we're going back to the first, you know, first text of, the, of scripture. And that's sort of the, the groundwork that God lays for the way we're to do life. And, and there's nothing in the rest of the, of the Hebrew scriptures and certainly nothing in Jesus' teaching that would contradict that. Paul doesn't contradict it. No. no. Uh, the revelation of John is a rebuke of, of the opposite mindset, right? So, I mean, th this, this, is, this is kingdom of God uh, yes. mindset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it almost reminds me of when Jesus was at the table with people. Um, he was super concerned about the seating arrangements. He was like, you know, when you come to the table, Make sure I get the head. <laughs> you know, like, don't take <laughs> right. the best seat for yourself. Yeah. Take the work. And what I think was interesting is he could have stopped there. And I think that's maybe as far as it goes. But don't seek celebrity. Mm -hmm. Don't seek that. But he didn't say that. He did continue. He said, take, find the lowest seat mm. and sit Good. there. Um, and so, so it's so thorough of like, man, instead of, instead of just seeking out the best influence, what if you were to make yourself of like no influence at least mm -hmm. to, to some degree? What if you were to purposely limit it so that when people recognize the kind of person that you are qualitatively, they won't they want see you for your, your accreditations and stuff. They'll see you for your character and say, no, 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 you, you really should be here. And it's like, oh, I didn't pick that seat. That's right. You didn't, your own mouth didn't praise you. Yeah. Someone else's did. And that's what brings you here. So I think it's really interesting. It's kind of on, if we kind of apply that teaching to, you know, influence and stuff, uh, yeah. taking, taking the worst seat. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's kind well, of, it's kind of an interesting idea. I think there's a couple of things in there. I think they're worth kind of digging into. Uh, and the word taking has come up a couple of times from both of you there. And I think this is part of it. There's an element to the, the platform building and the searching of celebrity that involves some taking, uh, at least in my mind. So, Alan, you're talking about um, in, in Deuteronomy and the, the admonition, not just to, to let your indentured servant go, but to bless them fully mm -hmm. as they do, right? So the phrase that comes to mind is blessed to be a blessing, right? Yes. Yeah, model. Genesis 12. This yeah. is what I'm, yeah, this is where I'm going. So we've got models in inside of scripture where God says, I will bless you, but it's not to stay with you, right? Yeah. That's not purpose of it. In Genesis 12, we see God's purposes to blessing Abraham and Sarah is so that they will be a blessing to all peoples, yeah. right? And so he's taking seemingly nobodies at this point yeah. and blessing them so that they can bless others, not so that they become elevated themselves as much. And he does yeah. that in his time. But we yeah. also have examples where Abraham and Sarah don't want to wait anymore. So they use worldly acceptable means to mm -hmm. take that mm -hmm. blessing, right? Mm -hmm. and, and literally in, in Hebrew, Hagar, whose name means the immigrant, they take her and they exploit her. Mm -hmm. Sure that mm -hmm. they get a blessing that they, that they know God has bestowed upon them. He just hasn't fulfilled it yet. Yeah. So then you have what, what's, what you have a power struggle right then and there. You have a powerful couple in God's name, knowing that yeah. they're blessed, 
but they take it on their own terms and in their own time. And by doing that, they're pushing down the ones that they're, they're literally mm -hmm. a blessing. Right. And then pushing out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. They, they send her out to the desert to exactly. die. So at yeah. the end of that story, they send her out after Sarah abuses her in these ways. And then they send her off into the desert, presumably to die. Right. So contrast that with how God tells the Israelites to send right. out their indentured servants, yeah. right? Fully loaded with all the blessings of their work. And this right. is how Abraham and Sarah treated Hagar. Yeah. So to me, oh, that'll preach. boy, that's, that's a clear uh, picture of these are the world's means. And Abraham says it, right? He says it in the same way that they do in the Garden of Eden, right? Do what's right in your own eyes. The idea that what you see, what you desire, if it looks good, if it seems like it's going to be yeah. good for eating, then go ahead and take it, right? Do yeah. what's right. And he treats his wife the same way. And he says, all right, do, do whatever you think's right. You know, use yeah. your own wisdom, basically, to go ahead and take the thing that you think and do what's, do what's right with it. And he kind of resigns himself from that role. There. What's interesting in Jeremiah 29, 7, where, where the, the Lord tells the now uh, immigrant Jews or the refugee Jews um, that they're to pray for the prosperity of the city that has enslaved them because in the city's prosperity, they will find their own prosperity. It, we, we get back to that. Now it's not you're blessed to be a blessing. It's you bless to be blessed, right. mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's still that same thing, right? The, the blessing doesn't stay with, with one group. Um, and I, and I, and I think that's, again, the, the, that's a, hum, a humble mindset. I mean, it would take a, a, a remarkable kind of humility uh, to pray for the enslaver and, yeah. and uh, pray God's best for them and trust that out of that, you're going to be blessed. I mean, that's, that's pretty, yeah. pretty nuts. But now if we take that, that whole mindset uh, and apply it to what it means to be someone of, with a, a voice in the body of Christ. Sure. Um, I think we do get back to that humility issue. You know, what, what does the scripture say about, about Moses also in Deuteronomy, right? No, it's in Numbers. Uh, that Moses was the most humble person, uh, most humble man ever. And yet here's the guy who, you know, confronted the Pharaoh and parted the oceans or, or was used by God to part the oceans, used by God to bring water for his people, to feed his people, to lead his people. And yet uh, you, you have several instances where his leadership is challenged and he doesn't take it. He li literally lets it go and says, well, let's see, let's see what God says, Cora. Let's see what God says, uh, Aaron and, and Miriam. Let's see what God says, Dothan. You know, and, and he, he lets it go. And... And that, I, I think, you know, that, and this is something I kind of try to drive home with people that I'm mentoring. It's, you, you've got to, if you're going to be in ministry, you've got to have open hands all the time. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to be open both to the receiving 
of what God has and for you and the taking away of that if, with the confidence that he has something else and that it's that it's not you anyway. Um, I mean, you know, where Moses, where did Moses get in trouble? Um, what right when God tells him to strike the rock, or tells him to speak to the rock so that they will know that God is the one that provides, and He says, "You want water? We'll give you water." And you know, so I mean, He went there too, but but that's that that's. It sounds like we're all on a collision course for that. Yeah, if the humblest guy in the earth has a problem, with right? That, you know, literally, right. you know, that's that's the natural orientation of of my soul. Yeah. To, to the praise of people and the ability to gain influence it definitely looks by all means it looks pretty good it pretty enticing looks, looks good for people not to blame me and for people to think i'm well and when i'm not or i mean yeah it does it does look it does look that way and and when you throw the god thing on it it can become even more enticing mm -hmm. i'm not doing this for me i'm doing this for god i'm not doing this for me i'm doing this to extend his kingdom you know, I need to have this and that to be able to do that. And so, you know, it, it can get really, can get really, you know, muddy, muddy there. Very you know? quickly. Like, you know, Saul takes mm -hmm. his, this role mm -hmm. away from Samuel mm -hmm. to, which I, I kind of explicitly becomes this leader. Yeah. And I kind of wonder if that kind of paradigm, you know, the taking paradigm, it takes away the roles that uh, God's people ought to be playing in other ways where kind of, well, that's a good point. Yeah. Focuses on one person. We, we, we take, we, we take um, God's glory or we take the responsibilities of another person or we, because somehow it's, it's all about us. Right. Right. I mean, does that, does that resonate with, it certainly does, and it makes me think of um, of the role that that prophets really serve, uh, which is to speak truth into the world, and most often to God's people who have mm -hmm. more like more like the culture around them, um, like Tozer's quote, right? Um, Worship fails when people become more like the culture around them than the Christ within them. Mm. I think that's that's sort of a prophetic role to come into any situation when, when they're needed and and to speak truth to that to, to reconcile and to provide a, a, a new fresh compass to lead God people back to God instead of being corrupted like everything around them. And I think of Jonah in this type of an instance where <laughs> it was just on my mind. The one guy who goes to the non to, to the people that aren't God's people, and he's the only one who has success. <laughs> well, but but so he starts out though by arguing right. with God about how evil the sinners are. Right. Right. As yep. as though he knew God's character and heart for sinners better than God did. Like saying, no, no, no. If you want your kingdom and glory to expand, this is not the people to save to do it. Right. You need to elevate Israel, not Nineveh. You know what I mean? That's mm -hmm. kind of posture to start it out. Yeah, and yeah. it's not until chapter two when he's praying the entire time, realizing that he is not God and that his his all his best efforts to expand God's kingdom were got him inside of a fish. So th there's a major transition that has to happen there, because I think so many times we have a very world centered, even enlightened perspective on what we think god's kingdom needs mm -hmm. that we are essential to it 
And that God may be making a mistake somehow by keeping us in a, in a small church or not allowing us to get the platform and the likes and the followers to expand his kingdom because those are worldly methods. These are modern or, day Or methods. being in the second chair instead of the first. Instead of the first chair, right? And, and yet, how many times have you seen pastoral candidates come through and they are more geared to the business type interviews that, that of the day, right? We want alpha dogs. We want type A's. We want mm -hmm. leaders and innovators and vision leaders and thought leaders. These are the people that typically do best in interviews, we think anyways, right? But, and I, I remember think, thinking about this with, with the, the episode you guys had before, you mentioned some guys that are very well recognized, but never celebrities. Guys like uh, Dallas Willard, right? Guys, guys like, um, oh, who else did you mention? Um, Richard Phil Foster? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's there's such great wisdom to be taken from from folks like that who are who are prolific writers. Um, but there's also a danger in that I don't think any of those folks would be recognized today. They definitely would not be celebrities because they never sought that stuff out, right? right? So uh, I remember hearing from I guess it was Kyle Strobel in his book. Um, the Way of the Dragon and the Way of the Lamb. Mm -hmm. uh, he, they did two editions of that because of a pretty significant fall from a pretty significant leader. But huh. one of the things that he said huh. after meeting through that was that he's, uh, he said, I don't think any publisher would really, um, they wouldn't work with Dallas Willard these days. He's not fiery enough. He doesn't speak well. Nobody would hire him to be their senior pastor in his church because a lot of folks, they stopped pulling him off the circuit of speaking because people found him boring. Mm. And yet, this is a sage of the faith, yeah. so wise and so humble and so patient in so many ways. And I feel like these are the things, we're, we're doing what Jonah did in a lot of instances. We look at all the world's qualifications for pastoral ministry, Right. And then we judge by that instead of going, but who does God have in mind? Who's the humble servant that speaks truth? Who speaks grace and truth at the same time, right? Or do yeah. we just look for the biggest and best and the easiest way to get the highest amount of eyes on your content, so to speak? And mm. uh, those, those are the troubles there. And man, I think that's a slippery, it's a slippery well, idea to, get, to fall into. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say that they're antithetical, however. I mean, um, I've, I've known some really competent, um, well, let's, let's talk about pastors, you know. I've, I've known yeah. some really competent pastors who, who were overseeing, you know, large groups of, of people, but managed to um, managed to keep in mind, you know, this isn't mine. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, I'm a steward. And I, you know, so that maybe that's the other key word. I think um, humility and stewardship mm. go together in the same way that celebrity and ownership go together. Oh, that's a really good tie-in. I like that. Because when, you know, part of the celebrity thing is this is mine and and I, this, you know, I own this. Right. Yeah. Um, 
the the steward uh oh jesus said where is it that jesus says um you know, after you've done everything that you're supposed yeah, to sit down. Yeah, yeah just, this is in Luke. Yeah. yeah. And he says, just say we are your unworthy we servants. We are unworthy you've servants. Done what we've been asked yeah. to do. And that's, you know, that's the steward mindset. Yeah. Um, and and so, oh, this is really, I, I hadn't put those two things together before, but, um, you know, it, the, the guy, I mean, there's somebody who is probably, uh gardening the estate of you know some billionaire and uh, people come in and marvel at it and you know what does that gardener say yeah i it's i really have this great privilege of working here you know having this palette or this this uh, canvas to work with you know it would it would be a different kind of gardener that would say yeah that i i do all this and uh you, you know I mean, that would just be so inappropriate, right? It, it reminds me of the English phrase, uh, you forget yourself. Have you ever heard that? I love when I like, watch old dramas. And <laughs> yeah, Jamie and yeah. I talk about this all the time. That phrase, you know, you forget yourself. Like, <laughs> it's kind of like, that's really what the ownership does. Yeah. Is it, it's like, dude, you've forgotten you're not God, mm-hmm. you know? And you can't be a steward and a king at the same time. That's right. kind of awkward because, you know, yes, you have the power that's been allocated to you to do, to discharge things, right? And a lot of Jesus' parables, the stewards have the ability to do things with his money, with his property, with, you know, et cetera. But the, the good stewards were the ones who realized they weren't the king. They couldn't be steward and the king. They were a steward. Um, unlike the steward of Gondor, if you want to go yeah. Lord of the Rings with it. Yeah. Who really thought who didn't think who didn't think he was a steward he was the king it's so different when when i mistake first of all who i am um and then when i mistake who i am i mistake what my what my role is and once i do that i've also mistaken who you are you're you're somebody to be used yeah now okay now you um that you guys i'm i'm sure you've not heard of this movie Uh it was called the singing prince it came out in the 30s. It was a musical. <laughs> and Joel, man. <laughs> no, but this is... Dude, I, I, this, I know. Right? Yeah. Uh, but you should... It's a great movie. You should watch it. But the, the gist of it is this prince... We're closer gets, to the 2030s. I know. Wait, was it a slideshow? You should it's, watch it. It's in color. It's in color. And, but... It's technicolor. The, the reason right. that the reason I bring it up, technicolor, Phantom, yes. <laughs> but the reason I bring it up is the this prince gets tired of being the prince. He he doesn't want he's supposed to marry somebody he doesn't want to marry, doesn't want to go down that road. He kind of he da- runs off to Heidelberg to go be a student and live the party life and sing, you know, so he sings a lot of songs. And he falls in love with this uh Gasthaus Mädchen, you know, this uh, this German uh peasant girl. And he wants to marry her, and they're just they're, they're having this wonderful, you know, singing relationship together. At the end, his father dies, and he realizes, uh, I have a responsibility to the people of my father's kingdom. Hmm. And he walks away from this love relationship out of his you know his duty his his responsibility to shepherd this people so he he says no to his 
his personal joy yeah. to fulfill a, a, a responsibility, which I mean, you think about making a movie like that today, they wouldn't, you know, wouldn't no. even, wouldn't even. He's supposed to leave the kingdom. Exactly. And go, like, a, yeah. Exactly. No, totally. And that's We've inverted the, that. Yeah. We've inverted. That, that's the difference between you know, and I, I. That's the difference between stewardship, even you know, even in leadership, he he wasn't taking on the the kingship because I'm all that. Right. But it was, this is what my call requires of me is to take yeah. on this responsibility. Right. To do something. And so maybe, you know, and, and, and so that, I mean, Moses probably a hundred times would have loved it for God to just say, you know what, Moses, I'm, you step down. We're, we're, we're bringing in. I think he asked for that. I think he said, no, I know. What is he Yeah. Uh, kill me. Yeah. You kill, me. kill me. Please. Take, take me out. <laughs> times and, and even it, it's very detailed in, in how angry God got with Moses at the beginning of his call because of yeah. all of the uh, the excuses or reasons why Moses was not the best choice for these things. Exactly. That, you know, the verse says that God's anger burned against Moses, yeah. right? Yeah. And then he sort of had Aaron already on the way. Yeah, I love that. That's the best you know? part. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like, let's consider that. But you, you said something there. I think that's really key for us um, as we, we look at these examples of people who've done it very well. And they're the servant leaders, right? Servant leadership has to be a part of this conversation of celebrity leadership because mm -hmm. they are so different in how uh, in, the, in the symptoms of how that leadership looks. Now, they, I don't think one is evidence that a, a leader is good or bad necessarily, but the symptoms of how you serve and steward what you've been given are so different from someone who owns what they've been given as though it's theirs right it's like right. trying to claim grace as something that you've earned in mm -hmm. that way that's a really backwards way of doing it but we slip into that a bunch and you mentioned kind of serving in, in the with this story of the the movie about the prince um from a billion years ago uh so thanks for sharing that it was really i love it the kids will love that too it's, i'm <laughs> sure it's on tiktok already Hey, anyways it's got the, some uh, really kicking music on yeah for sure for sure total slapper so, so uh, the there's a section in ezekiel shepherds are um spoken against by ezekiel god gives ezekiel a word yes. to people and he says you know you shepherds feed yourselves and you clothe yourselves and you shelter yourselves you care nothing for the sheep right and they're scattered as a result and I think that's the picture of a steward who thinks, oh, these are all mine. I'll do with them what I will. Right. And I'm going to beat myself, my love, my glory, my desires, they happen first. That's not the mark of a servant leader. That's not right. the mark of a, of a pastor who knows he's a steward of God's church, not the owner of God's church. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so, so to transition a little bit from those aspects of celebrity that are very much me centered and instead moving that into how pastors can more embody servant leadership styles, even with massive congregations. We know it happens and people mm -hmm. do that very well. Right. Um, those are the stories that we we could do well to read more of those and be inspired. Hear more of them, yeah. yeah. Well, that, that- Those don't sell newspapers. No, but it reminds me of a conversation, the last conversation we had, Alan, you'd turned to me and you said, well, Nick, you don't need to be a pastor of a large congregation to mm. be a celebrity pastor. Mm. 
or and and it reminded and when you said that it made me start thinking about well even more minute like in my own family with me like in my own domain you know so to speak True. and i think this this same principle is applicable here of like look i'm not I, I, it's not that i know nothing of celebrity it's that i know so darn well about it i don't even realize i know about it in my own life because i constantly take um, and there's this book we read with in the lab called The Sense of a Leader. And at the end of the first um, story, which recounted the, 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 um, the captain of the Titanic who had drastically failed several times over and was put on this extra, other expedition, there's a question at the end. And I always like this question. It's always stuck with me. How are the people you're serving doing? How are they doing? Huh. And I, that, I don't, something about that stuck with me of like, that's mm. the kind of question yeah. that a real servant, like a Jesus kind of leader would be asking. Yeah. How are the people that, I'm, that are under me, that are under my leadership, how are they, yeah. how are they doing? Are they doing well? When you ask him, they'd mm. say, well, some of them are on the lifeboat. Some of them are. <laughs> wow, yeah, it doesn't sound like we're doing very good. But I think that's a better yeah. question to end on. Of like, I'm not, I may not be a celebrity by the world's eyes, but I sure as heck forget all the time that I'm not God. I, I will be straight up honest. That's my, that's my normal disposition. How are the people around me doing? How's my daughter doing? How's my wife doing? How are the, the interns that I'm looking over doing? Are they, are, am I serving them? Am I helping them become the people that they're, they're called to be? Or am I, or am I actually using them to bolster my image, which totally, and by the way, with family, that's easy to do, especially, you know, in the church. It's like, I have this great family. I'm a good father. I'm a good dad. I don't um, want to be until they're teenagers. Until they're teenagers. <laughs> then people are like, hey man, you can't rule the house of God if you don't know how to rule your own house. That's right. They'll they'll take all the way all they, that pride. They'll realize what you yeah. are. <laughs> you're just you're, that's but I think it's a good question is, uh to keep people and to keep myself where I need to be. I need to be asking a lot, like how are the people that I'm supposed to be serving doing? Right. Like, how are they really doing? If I don't even know, um, uh, you know, to, to finish, it's, like, it's like Proverbs at the end. It says, be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Um, yeah. It's yeah. like, how, how, is, how are the people supposed to be leading doing? Like, yeah. Are they doing okay? And like, am I serving them? So I think it's a great place to kind of end this, this episode. part of this episode on of, of like, it's, it is out there. It is a thing that happens out there in a more in your face way. But it's also something that happens in here in yes. a far more elusive way. Um, to me, because it's, it's uh, that's I'm not the king, you know. I don't have a you know scepter, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it happens here um, with me, and I, I want to be careful about yeah. about that by asking myself that question often. Good word. Um, so, um, so Joel, thank you for being the yeah. this sort of discussion. We didn't we never been asked to do like another iteration mm-hmm. of the same conversation, but yeah. getting to explore this other facet of the paradigm with you is really helpful. Um, we hope if you're watching at home or on your mobile device that this is actually a good question to think about. Um, yeah. How are the people around you doing? How are the people around you doing? And just because you're not the Instagram king or queen, but maybe you are, um, even more so, how are how are the people around you doing? So um, we just hope that this is a blessing to you. And Joel, again, thank you so much for, for hanging out with us. Uh, we hope to see you on the next one. And uh, feel free, again, if you are on our YouTube channel, to subscribe, to like, comment. If you want to do what Joel just did and come on and have a conversation with us, we would be more than happy to have you. We thank you, Joel, for stepping out and yeah, uh, trying this that is out so with fun. us. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. All right. Yeah. Well, until next time, we'll see you again on the table. Adios. God bless.